0: Welcome, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. My name is Fernanda, and I'm here with Dr. Linda Marquez. We have an amazing guest today, Dr. Alka Patel. And we're going to be talking about a subject, a topic that basically impacts all of us. And I think at some point or another, we all have experienced burnout from having to deal with work and home and Uh, all so many different responsibilities that we all have in our lives. We've never really talked about this topic before. I'm excited to bring uh, a guest that we can uh, get the most insight about this topic. Once again, it's very important because I think most people have experienced it, but it's not a topic that it's commonly talked about or even acknowledged. So very excited about today. Dr. Linda, how are you?
1: I'm great. Happy Wednesday, my favorite day of the week, Wellness Wednesday Inspirations, of course, and always good to see you and connect with just some amazing people. And yes, like you were mentioning, this is such a relevant topic and people are afraid to talk about it at times. So I'm excited about having Dr. Um, Mattel here with us. So, yeah, everything's going great. I'm getting ready for my my retreat, leaving this weekend. And you were out of the country and just got back, but you had also gone to Dr. Joe's retreat. So it's going to be... It's going to be fun connecting afterwards, see where we are. (laughs) I'm sure it's going to be, I think, enhanced as a result of, of being there. Because when you go to places like that, a retreat, when you go to a seminar to improve you as an individual, you cannot help but walk away more empowered, excited about life, passionate about life. But the most thing that I love that I've kind of missed during COVID Is really getting together with other people because the energy in the room, the excitement, the passion, the business deals, the ideas that just flow through there are amazing. So I'm
0: super excited. (laughs) So excited for you. Yes, I cannot wait for you to have such a wonderful experience next weekend. And we need to connect before you go. I do have some news to share with you. But yes, I'm super excited. It's life-changing, and every time you invest in yourself. No matter in what way, whether it's uh, taking time for yourself, may, whether it's reading a book, whether it's going for a massage, whether it's going to a seminar, whether it's meditating, whether it's literally just pampering yourself with your favorite meal, whatever it is, it yeah. always pays off because you are the most imper- important person alive life today. And if you're good, you can make everything
1: around you better. So. Absolutely, 100%. And we have the perfect guest to, to to share strategies and her story. So we'll get on with Dr. Alka Patel. She's a doctor. She's also a coach and a speaker and author and also has a podcast. So um, this podcast is designed to inspire people and really to take them to create balance in their lives because burnout is something that most people don't talk about. And she's going to share her story because I think we all can learn more from stories instead of and going through a situation. Instead of just telling someone, oh, do this, do this, do that. But I think when you go through it, it really changes things in your life. But the way you talk to other people and especially because we are in the health field with patients and they can really understand, and I think those are the patients that we tend to attract to our office. Is our clients that we work with on personal growth are the ones that we were before we were, were where we are now. <laughs> so it's our old version, and um, we we tend to attract those. But you know, she's going to share her story about uh, about that because she's been in practice for many years, and like a lot of us, we. We overwork, we overcommit, and it does lead to burnout. And I can totally relate because I was there at one point too. And I think you were too, right, Fernanda? I mean, and, and at a young age, so it can happen at, at any age. It and doesn't age. matter if you're in your 40s, 50s, you can just be starting your career in your 20s and still experience it within a couple of years. So okay. it's really an important topic um, to you know that we're going to share today. So let's bring on the doc onto the show. Let's do it. Dr. Patel, how are you doing today? Hello,
0: really happy I'm delighted to be here. I'm great, thank you for asking.
2: Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for being here with us today. We are super excited to bring this important topic uh, on the podcast today. Just talk about and give light to an actual real topic that not a lot of people understand and identify with, but they may be experiencing it, which is burnout. So thank you so much for coming in today. Can you tell the audience a little bit about you, please? Wow, I think uh, uh, you've already given me a great introduction with yeah. all those titles uh, that we have and we often
2: introduce ourselves by our titles don't we say so, yes I'm a GP I'm in, in London uh, in the UK uh, and I'm a lifestyle medicine doctor coach podcaster speaker author these are all titles but you know who's that essence I guess um, uh, what is it that kind of fires me up and at the moment it's absolutely talking about lifestyle and lifestyle medicine and self care and wellness and all the things that YouTube are so passionate about as well and that is what gives me my heartbeat every day so
0: that's wonderful it's
1: such an exciting it's such an exciting field um you know right now as you say like functional medicine lifestyle medicine and it really all goes back to the root cause yeah which we tend to we tend to ignore and sometimes we don't want to we don't want to address it because it's it's painful and it's always more painful uh, or what, what's the saying that would you rather make change in pain and suffering or enjoy and happiness? <laughs> and we're going to be driven. Most of us are driven to make change until something happens to us. But it's much better if we do it when things are actually going great. But that's not what, what often we see and, you know, in our lives. And it just doesn't apply to working women and, and, and men, but everyone in life. It's so
2: true. I think we're driven by needing those sort of instant rewards in our life, and when something is instantaneous, we we don't want that. We want the quick fix. But actually, the stuff that gives you that fulfilment and that contentment, it's in the distance. And we also have to work for what's ahead of us as well as what's right in front of us uh, right now. And you know, you mentioned pain and suffering and happiness and joy. We've got to be able to allow space for so all
0: of that in our lives, haven't we? Yeah very true very true so dr alka can you talk to us about what is burnout let's get to the, the to the bottom of it what is it what is burnout it's uh it's a word that we're hearing increasingly about
2: aren't we and we do need to give it a definition so that actually we feel able to talk about it a lot more and um, actually in the medical field it now has been given a definition so i would love to share that with the listeners because i think that's important because we often confuse burnout with so many other things as well so um, i'm going to give you a definition but i wanted from that just for you to remember um, five really key words. Sorry, you'll hear my dogs in the in the back <laughs> barking, happy puppies barking away. So mm-hmm. the definition of burnout that I use is that it's a constellation of detrimental, psychological, and physiological effects that are caused by your work and your relationship to your work. So I just want to zone in on those five words that are really important to remember, I think, here. So the first word is detrimental. Burnout is not helpful to us. <laughs> and the second word is psychological because burnout affects our emotional well-being. It shifts our mindset. Third word, physiological, because there's hormones involved. There's chemical mediators, neurotransmitters that we release that change in burnout. And they then affect not just the emotional side, but also give us our physical symptoms. Fourth word is work, and this is really important because burnout is a work-related phenomenon. You can't be burnt out by everything going on in life. It's very, very work-specific. And the final word in that definition is relationship. It's about the connection that you have with your work. So I think it's just really important to just think about those important keywords when we talk about burnout. Mm.
0: Wow. I don't think I've ever heard a such a an amazing definition of burnout uh before and it is so true it is all about it, it can be healthy no matter what right it it can never be healthy yeah. and it can never bring balance if you are having burnout from your work I mean how I I believe and I truly believe actually that life is all about balance finding balance at work finding balance in your relationships finding balance in your in your me time finding balance in every area of your life and if one if the scale is kind of tipping over in one place that's not causing any type of balance and it creates even more unbalancing in in different areas of your life so very important thank you for that
1: yeah yeah are you also familiar with, and I know we hear this more and it just depends on who you talk to in, in the functional medicine world and sometimes medical doctors will say adrenal fatigue or people will just start using the word, you know, the term adrenal fatigue where it really isn't adrenal fatigue or it, and sometimes people say, well, I have adrenal burnout, but it's more the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal dysfunction. HPA dysfunction is more like how we define that. So would you say that that's more like the medical term or we're looking at from the physiological, whereas what you just described is more people can get it. It's like a practical view of what it really looks like.
2: Well, I think there's a really important distinction to be made here because um, one of the common questions I get asked is what's the difference between burnout and stress? And when we talk about cortisol, when we talk about the hypothalamus, the pituitary, the adrenal gland, actually we're talking about stress, and burnout isn't the same as stress. Even though we often talk about them in the same breath, I'm burnt out. I'm I'm stressed. So again, let me just give a distinction here because if you think about when you're stressed, it involves too much, too many pressures, too many demands on you, physically, mentally. It's about over engagement. Whereas burnout is actually the opposite. It's not enough. It's, feeling empty, feeling mentally exhausted, feeling drained, devoid of motivation, it's disengagement. So I think those two distinctions, again, are really important so that we understand what's going on physiologically as well. Because, yes, stress can keep you into burnout. But then what happens afterwards, the cascade is very different, and the actual feeling you get is very different from being on edge to being devoid of, of, of energy,
1: uh, two different things. So it's like long-term stress can lead to burnout. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that Yerkes-Dodson curve where, you
2: know, we all need that stress hormone. We, in a way, we've got to love stress. Stress is not the enemy. Stress motivates us. It's going, but when it's long-term, when it triggers, then we're going to tip. And it's a very, very fine component, between tipping kind of being activated by our stress in a positive way to actually into into burnout i don't know if you found this in your own kind of you know, business school, but often it's the passion that we have for our own business that fires us up, and then in the same way it turns us out
0: as well wow so dr patel thinking about that who is at risk for burnout Anybody that um, overworks, basically, or who is more at risk of suffering from burnout? At at, at one what point uh, do you see? Do you see people that are, are getting or experiencing burnout more than others? Uh, what what are the common characteristics, would you say, about burnout? So I think, actually,
2: I, I don't say this flippantly, but I think everyone is at risk of burnout. So if you're feeling stressed, then that's that precursor of burnout. So you're at risk of burnout if you're experiencing stress. You know what? If you're also living life passionately and loving what you're doing and you're on that go, 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 as I said, that passion becomes a thing that then actually burns you. So none of us are actually immune from burnout. There isn't this burnout vaccine that's on its way uh, to us at all. You know, we, can, we can all be, be burnt by burnt burnout itself. So we've got to be able to knock that fire out of it. Uh, because actually, you know, without a flame, there is no fire. And so we have to tune in to those very, very early signs that, you know what, we, we tend to ignore. The telltale signs are there. There's no diagnosis, you know, as, as doctors, we're not going to say, here's the test for burnout and, and this is your diagnosis. Because actually, the challenge uh, for all of us and you know, for the audience listening is most of us already know if we're in the burnout zone, test or no test, because we're, we need to pause and just see it. So if you've got that, imagine you know that precision timetable of your day that you're doing so you can squeeze everything into it. You're that like constant clock watching so you can get that next thing done, that sacrifice of sleep so you can be awake more, the sort of independence that we feel that we've got to do it all. We skip meals. We don't ask for help. We with sort of compensation we you know we drive when we're feeling drowsy these are all those signs aren't they and then we feel the drain and the emptiness and these are all telltale signs but instead of pausing and tuning in recognizing those signs we keep going so i think you know the most important thing is just to tune in our bodies and minds tell us everything we need to know we just got to listen and and really kind of you know pay attention to the signals i think
1: so you're you're talking about some of the warning signs of you know what to look at. Because some people will think, well, what's too much for one individual is not a lot for another individual. However, how how do you um, how do you determine with patients or clients that okay, this is something you should not ignore. Mm-hmm. obviously like elevated blood pressure you know is one that's you know if you're if it's like 200 over 140 which you know, we have seen before um, what are some that you have seen that are very common you know because you've worked with so many patients that that you tell them you know what this is a, an 811 situation because we can tell at times by labs but also when just having a conversation or doing a, an intake with a patient.
2: Oh. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're absolutely right. I think uh, I often use the three R's of burnout, I and mean, the first R is recognize, isn't it? Um, and recognition comes from looking at sort of emotional behavior and physical signs as well. So, you know, the warning signs that do something now are physically are assisted with recurrent illnesses. Headaches that don't go away, muscle pains, appetite changes, poor sleep. You know, those are the physical signs that you're getting that says this is time to, to pay attention. Um, the emotional signs, what are those feelings of failure or feeling conflict, detached, losing motivation, but outlook, being satisfied? There again, the emotions and the behaviors, what do you do? You find yourself withdrawing from your. Please find yourself isolated procrastinating, finishing that project, getting that job done, and also, of course, using food drugs or alcohol to cope
0: with
2: them. You know, those are certain parts of the world, exciting. You need to really recognize
0: uh, Dr. Patel, just really quick uh, your sound kind of goes in and out. Um, and, and it's it, it was a little bit more noticeable maybe on that uh, last um part just want to make sure that the, the audience is able to get everything that you're saying because it, it does it, it's a little bit difficult to understand at times okay i'm as close to the mic as i can i hear some background noise and i don't feel it's coming from my end but i might be wrong it sounds uh maybe a little bit better now right now let's let's continue to to go and and see i'll let you know if it if it gets uh if it's uh a little bit difficult to understand okay
1: can you hear us okay though you can hear us okay
0: i can but i feel like that i'm getting
1: an echo when you guys are talking to me so Mm. i think it just might be the highway traffic on the internet (laughs) we'll do our best with all this so as you were talking about you know different signs what people really shouldn't ignore um when do you when do you know like i need to make a change now because that happened to you and i think this is a good tie in with your story you ended up in the hospital right
2: yeah yeah i did and uh that's the late phase, isn't it? That's uh, that's partly kind of not wanting to look at the telltale signs and, and know what's going on. But yeah, sadly, I I did. I uh, I got a fever. I got a physical sign to tell me that something wasn't right. Now this was a fever well before we started worrying about COVID fevers. Uh, it was a fever. I should have been able to shift it off. But what I did instead was I went to work because. Needed me. I had prescriptions to sign and things to do. I went to work, and actually, you know, 24 hours later, uh, the fever escalated, and my body just went into shut shutdown. My kidneys were yet got distressed. My liver decided it didn't want to work anymore either. And uh I did end up in hospital. Uh, I had surgery, which turned out to be unnecessary for a of fever. So I've ended up with a wound, which is a constant reminder, a scar that reminds me of, of this time. Um and you know what when I was going through this, uh it was actually my birthday. Uh, so, I woke up uh, on my birthday in hospital with a surgical wound and a tube in my nose, and really ready to give up on life because the, you know, the energy to live was just too much. Um, and I remember seeing my children, and i uh, got three children, and uh, my middle son has the same birthday as me. Um, and, uh, you know, it was such a point time for me. And I remember my husband just loving them and looking after them. And I just thought, I can leave this world. I can, I can go because they're happy without me and I don't have the energy to, to carry on. Um, but of course I did and I recovered and I came back. But you know what? At the time, I didn't know what to call it. I called it failing. I called it being vulnerable. And who wants to talk about that? I didn't want to even talk about that. What it was, um, and it took me a while to uh, understand and accept uh, that actually, you know, that curve of doing too much and giving too much and being having those highest standards of being the best mother, the best doctor, the best wife, the best daughter. We all want that don't we but actually, who got lost in the process was being the best me. Um, and the ripple effect on my family and everyone else around me was huge um and so those are you know those are warning signs that had existed for uh, there were warning signs for, that for a while i chose to ignore them because i didn't want to, to be vulnerable I wanted to expose that i couldn't do it all not to that standard um, i think that's what we really need to be talking about is sharing our vulnerability at the uh, especially as women, uh, you know, we we need to create a space where uh, we share how we are feeling, share our vulnerability more, because I think if we share our vulnerability, we would not feel so vulnerable. If we didn't feel so vulnerable, we'd feel more courageous. And if we felt more courageous, we would ask for more help. And if we asked for more help, we wouldn't feel so So, Mm vulnerable
0: that that is that is very um, powerful and i think i personally can relate to that uh, and i have this i tell a belief right one of those paradigms that that we all have about if you ask for help, you are being seen as weak, right? And you gotta be able to do it all, and you gotta be able to manage it, and you gotta be able to put a smile on your face as you're doing it, and basically just keep on doing everything, and and pile more responsibilities on top of the ones that you already have because you can handle it, and and, and so I know for a fact that a lot of people feel that way, mm-hmm. and and they they rather stay quiet about it whether they're feeling that way. Uh, or not, they rather just not say anything because saying something like you were saying before, it's a sign of quote unquote vulnerability, right? You're admitting that you may not be able to handle it, handle it at all. And if you ask for help, you may be seen as weak. But in the contrary, when you ask for help and you obtain help, you may be getting that strength back to be able to even do and create even greater things. And and it's it's not about just doing it all yourself, but doing the most important things that that you can do, and just being able to delegate, right? The other tasks and the other activities to somebody else, so you can continue to remain strong for the one the things that you and only you can do best yourself. So you know what, go
2: ahead. You know what I realized actually is that the, the act of asking for help is actually an act of giving because actually people love to help and letting people help you is giving something to others. Um, And the more I start thinking about asking for help in that way, the more, of course, I might give you something. I want you to be able to have something. Um, And we all want something bigger than ourselves, don't we? That act of generosity and kindness is so important to all of us. So I've reframed uh, my mindset around asking for help, is that actually I'm, I'm giving
1: in the same breath that I'm asking. That is so powerful. (laughs) I mean, that just like, wow, that just like poked my heart. Like that is powerful because you are, they'll look at someone like you and say, you know, what can I do for? She's got it all together. And when you actually ask them for something, they're going to be almost like honored. But you're giving them the opportunity because it's kind of saying I can't do this by myself. So it almost like puts them at the same level, puts you and the patient at the same level instead of I'm here, you're down here, do as I tell you. But when we're at the level here, it's like, we just all want the good for, for everyone because, you know, when it's always like what the change that we want to see in the world, we have to become that change in essence. So it's a, it's beautiful. Like just you putting that in just, Wow, just like oh, touched my heart. So, thank you for sharing that. That's, that was just really powerful. Because, you, and the thing that you just said, you, you love your R's. And when you were in the hospital, I thought about it was maybe like a sign of your rebirth and to reset your life that that happened. And how ironic on your birthday, it was almost like a time for you to, to be reborn. So thank you for sharing. I'm sure a lot of people are gonna be able to connect with that. Yeah, no,
2: thank you for that. Again, I hadn't allowed myself to think of it like that, you know, that sense of rebirth and um, having another opportunity and a chance. And again, I think that's, that's something I'm gonna take away from today for sure. Thank you.
0: That's beautiful. So Dr. Patel, uh, when someone is experiencing those signs that you were mentioning, the physical signs, the psychological signs of burnout, and if they choose not to listen to those signs, if they choose not to listen to themselves, to their body, to their mind, and they continue on the journey, they continue to, um, to, to kind of pile on and continue to do all of these things for everybody and refuse perhaps to ask for help, um at what point or what happens afterwards we know your story so you ended up at the hospital but is that what happens to most people what happens is a ripple effect that then
2: follows because we don't just affect ourselves by our actions we affect other people around us don't we and that is actually What happens if you don't tune in to what you need? And I think that's really important to bear bear in mind. Um, And I know we talk about things uh, around burnout and relationship with work. And uh, Fernanda, you were saying you talk about work-life balance or what? I talk about work-life blend. You know, life is a blend. We don't just kind of we'll do more of this, we'll do more of that. We're constantly intertwining. It's work and life ending together and so therefore if you allow your work and your relationship with your work to affect you it's going to affect every other aspect of your life
1: so well said <laughs> gosh it just it just gave me an, an aha moment um, because it does everything you do also impacts your your family, your practice, your friendships, everything, even the stranger at the store because if you're if you're in a bad mood and you take it out on, on them or maybe they're having a bad day and you know I always like to try to give someone a compliment when I'm in the store or the cashier and actually just, how's your day going? If they're saying, oh, not that great. And try to just have some conversation and really just connect with them. And And it may only be for 30 seconds or a minute, but I think when we don't take care of ourselves, we're being selfish. And so many times people say, well, you're doing all this for you, you're being selfish. You're not tending to your family. And it's like, no, it allows you to be a better version of you when you take care of yourself first. And that's so difficult. For women to especially women to understand, why do you think that is? Or I mean, working with so many women and and men too, but I think with women, just because we're we're high achievers, obviously, the kind of profession we chose to be in, you know, we wanted to make a difference in this world. We wanted to leave our mark to really change the world for the better. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to women that, you know, if I were to come to you and I'm like, gosh telling you all my problems and you know what would you say to someone like me?
2: So I think you know it's I think it's really hard because we, we wear so many hats. And I think the important thing is to really think about your identity amongst mm-hmm. people and actually your role, your title. I know I came into uh, this live today and I talked about, you know, those titles, but your label is not the essence of you. And I think we uh, we have to be really mindful um, of that, is that it's actually, it's our qualities that show up. It's our character that shows up. So what is that that you want to show up in, in the world? I don't want to show up today as as doctor. I want to show up as kind. I want to show up as compassionate. I want to show up as understanding. Uh, yeah, I've got a title, doctor, but actually what's the person behind that? And I think, again, if we all spent some time with take a bit of time for some introspection and started to get curious about ourselves. And you can only get curious about yourself if you allow space to do that, because otherwise your to-do list is just going to increase and increase and increase, and you never give yourself that space. But it's fun getting to know you, actually. You know, have this curiosity about, am I actually funny? Did I just make someone laugh? (laughs) (laughs) you know if those negative thoughts are floating around is ah, you know that's that's just appearing in my in my story but that doesn't have to be me um so i think it's really important um and i think you know as a doctor one of the things i uh, really uh, realized um not that long ago actually was that i i know a lot about my patients i know where they're going on holiday i know where their kids go to school and i kind of socks they wear because i examine them on the couch but what i didn't make an effort to find out for a long time was what matters to them? What's important to you? Because what's important to you becomes your driver in life. It becomes your motivator for everything that you do. So I think purpose and intention is so important for all of us as our compass, as our guide through, through life. Um, and so taking the time out to discover that about yourself is uh, an
1: incredible thing to do that's a lot i'm here taking notes that's just so powerful you just unloaded it, unloaded it, a lot of a lot of gems i love it wow
0: i am actually like mind blown right now and it, and it is so true uh, dr patel and the more Perhaps the more titles we have, or the more education we have, sometimes we tend to identify ourselves with those titles. Like you were saying, right? Well, I have a master's, I have a doctorate, I have these. I'm, a, you know, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a dentist. But who are you behind those titles? What are what is your essence? What who is the real you? And what matters to you the most? And what can you do for others behind all of those titles? So it's kind of like literally in a sense getting naked and presenting yourself at your core and it, and that was that was so beautiful and that is so important because in a sense i feel like we use those titles to hide ourselves right because we if we put those titles on then okay i'm the doctor so i can do this for you or i'm you know i'm a nurse so i can do this for you but i'm not showing sometimes myself as who i'm who i really am right i'm showing this this persona who has the title, but not that That many times is not me. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. So Dr. Patel, if someone is experiencing burnout right now, if someone feels uh, that they are experiencing all of the, the qualities or the characteristics, physical, mental characteristics that you described, mm-hmm. what can they do about it? Is it reversible?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um once you've recognised it and you know, then you really have to start to think about uh, reversing it um, and recovering from it. Uh, more importantly, so um, I like to use the analogy of uh, exercise. So you know, when we when we stress a muscle. Uh, trainers, athletes will tell you that they need recovery time after they're working out and training because actually they increase the capacity of the muscle function as a result of rest and recovery. And that's what we all need to do. So we've got these busy lives where we're you know stressed and busy working out and completing our to-do list. But within that, we also need to oscillate into space for recovery. And that's the most important thing is to oscillate between increased stress or activation and then absolutely active recovery. So I'm not talking about you know sitting in front of Netflix mindlessly or scrolling on your phone mindlessly talking about active recovery where you're taking positive steps to do the things that make you feel good and are changing all those you know neurotransmitters and those pathophysiology of what's going on reducing inflammation increasing your dopamine all those things um that uh, that really help um i think one thing that we uh that we need to focus on doing is also setting ourselves our timeline uh which i love talking about so if we have things to look forward to it actually lifts us doesn't it um so making sure that you know annually quarterly monthly weekly daily hourly you've got something that you can turn to that is going to give you uh, that lift even in the moment and in the moment what do we all have we have our breath you know it's an incredible recovery tool we know from the research don't we that if you reduce your breath rate down to six breaths a minute you switch off that cortisol. You switch off that stress response. You turn on your relaxation response, and all you have to do is breathe in for five and you breathe out for five. In that moment, when you recognise those signs that things are going off, um, and you know these these tools are in uh, tools are in our gift.
1: I love that. That's awesome. I was writing notes here again. <laughs> I love how you, you know, about sometimes we do tend to forget about that. We just continue to go on with life, but really having like you were saying, like the weekly goes, maybe you have a daily goal of okay, I'm gonna take some time to just do some breathing, nostril breathing, or or you know, something that you can focus on, or just get out of my chair and go walk around and then the weekly to the monthly, so that you and even just have a goal of Um, at the end of the month or plan a vacation or an event or something because you get excited about that. Otherwise, I think that can lead to, to burnout as well. It's just you're just going. It's like you're driving, 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 but you have no destination, so to speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I've got
2: a little toolkit uh, that I use, actually, uh, which, uh, which I must share. I use a lot of acronyms in my practice because I love hooks for people to, uh, to remember. Um, and my key one is lifestyle first. It's sort of you know, what I model all the time is we've got to think about our lifestyles before we do anything. So the L stands for life's purpose, so thinking about what matters to you. I is identity again, what we've talked about, the the who am I piece. Uh, F is food. E is exercise. S is sleep. T, time out. Y is your connections. L is learning habits. And E is emotions. And first, of course, you need to be committed to your lifestyle. So these are sort of my 10 roots of health uh, that take us all the way back, as you were saying right at the beginning, to the to the roots of our of our function to the roots of our health. You know, if we start to focus more on exercise, food, how we sleep, how we take time out, how we relax, what our emotions are telling us, we are going to be healthier and happier just by focusing on our lifestyle for sure.
1: I love that the lifestyle. I'm gonna I'm gonna print it out and put it right here in front of my front of my office and say, I didn't put your name on there, Doctor Patel's reminder." <laughs> That's great. I love that. Thank
0: you.
1: Fernando was there any other questions you had for the doc or running
0: online the only other thing that i wanted to ask is if you can give three different ideas or three different things maybe things that you have done or you recommend to your patients in your practice uh, things that we can all do when we're feeling that burnout And you mentioned already doing things that feel good, doing things that are healthy. You mentioned exercise. But what are those, what are things that you go, like the first go-to things, maybe the breath would be one. What else do you do immediately for you to feel better when you're feeling that burnout uh, sensation or that that feeling? Yeah, no, definitely the breath, you know, it's with
2: you all the time. It's a definite go-to. What else can I tell you? Well, right now I'm standing up. Um, and actually, we know that standing up is so good for us. You know, sitting is is our trajectory to ill health and diabetes and cancers and heart disease and all sorts of things. And actually, just stand up. It really increases your agility, your mental agility and your physical agility. And, and that, again, is very, very Easier, easy to do um, and I guess the third thing we we're talking about sort of reward and dopamine and feeling good is actually make a list of those things that make you feel good so that when you need them on a rainy day you've got those ready because when you're feeling not great you you can't even think of what you any better um, simple things like stroking your dog or stepping out into the sunlight or you know, looking at the journal that you've been writing uh, anything that actually you know is going to, to give you that that smile and that's actually another simple tool is to just smile even if you don't feel like it because the act of smiling itself is creating
0: physiological changes as well that's awesome that's awesome. Dr. Patel, if anybody wants to work with you, find out more about your services, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, sure. I've got a, a website, which is
2: dralkapatel.com. So my name dot um, I'm on all the social media
1: channels as well as Dr. Alka Patel UK. And your podcast, you yes. have a podcast as well. Your podcast, the name of your podcast, you want to share that with us?
2: Yeah, of course. It's a uh, lifestyle first podcast, obviously. And my as a sister YouTube channel as well. Uh, so I've got the videos to go with that and that's, uh, lifestyle first on YouTube as well.
1: That's great. We're always we always want to learn. I think all of us we're just driven to to become better versions of ourselves. So, what would be one one quote that that just really speaks to you or you hang on to when something is just not going your way or you're having challenges or even when you're excited.
2: Yeah, it was. It's a quote from Theodore Roosevelt uh, that I looked to. Uh, and he said, keep your eyes on the stars and your feet on the ground. Mm.
1: I love that one.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I love that because it keeps you moving forward that
0: reminds you where you
1: are.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Dr. Linda, what's your quote for the day?
1: Oh, gosh, there's so many, but one that just has been resonating with me is, you know, to be the change that you want to see in the world. I think that's such a powerful, powerful quote because whatever we we see outside of us is a reflection of us, really. So if we, if we see kindness in the world, then that's you know that's what we tend to um we say work on and if we see like oh the world is so this and and it's kind of reflecting of where our mood is at that time so really just being a you know what what do we want to see in the world that's who we need to be or act like (laughs) right right
0: and you my quote, and this came to me when we were talking about um, the titles and presenting ourselves as, as who we really are. It's a quote by Abraham Lincoln, and, and it says, whatever you are, be a good one. Yeah. So No matter what you do in the world, just present yourself as your best self. And uh, thank you so much, Dr. Patel. It was such an amazing time, such a beautiful uh, amazing episode i learned so much dr linda taking notes i'm taking notes it was amazing thank you so much for providing us with uh this time and the opportunity to have this conversation with you yes. oh no
2: look, the gratitude is mine uh to you actually because i've absorbed your energy you've been smiling throughout and uh, i'm loving uh loving your company thank
1: you Thank Thank you so much, we we just love having you on. So, all right, well, I guess we'll see you all. Well, uh, I will be here next week, but definitely Fernanda will be here. It's my turn to to be off for a week. So I'm, (laughs) my phone's gonna be turned off for one week because I'm gonna take the doc's advice about, I'm gonna nurture my soul because I wanna be a better version of me, so. But Fernando will be here with an amazing guest, so I will be listening to it on the plane on the way back. Mm -hmm. And as Dr. Linda
0: meditates, I will bring you guys Mm -hmm. an amazing guest. It's been a mentor, a coach. is someone that I consider uh, a very important part of my life. Uh, You guys are going to get a ton of value as well. And coming up in the next month, we're going to have also Les Brown, who is today's his birthday. So he's turning 76 and still giving amazing value to all of his listeners. And we will keep you posted with that episode and all of the other episodes to come as well. Thank you so much for joining. And we will see you guys next time. See ya! Bye.